Hello, I'm Rena Grobe. And I'm Madvi Romani. And this is Misinformed, a show where we'll be talking about our latest internet obsessions. So Rena, what did you get obsessed with this week? So last week, at about 6.30 a.m., I was woken up by about 15 police vans going by my house. It was the worst way ever to wake up. I don't actually know exactly what time it was because I'm not a morning person, so I was so grumpy and annoyed. So obviously, as soon as I woke up, I had to look up what was going on, where were they going, because they were heading into Friedrichshain. And then I found out that this queer anarchist feminist collective building, I don't know what the correct term is for describing them, called Liebling 34, were being evicted, forcefully evicted, one should add, by the police. And I have to admit that I did not know much about them at the time when this happened. But I started reading up on them. I started Googling. I watched a live stream of them interviewing the head of the police who was like overseeing this raid, because it can only be described as a raid. And he just, oh, he made me so mad. He just, oh, do you know sometimes when like you listen to a man talk and he just makes you so angry because there's like a complete lack of understanding of what he's doing? Well, he was delighted to be there, wasn't he? And he just thought it was like some sort of game. And they had the full force of the state outside this one building, which is occupied by women who have been abused, women who have nowhere else to go, trans people, queer people who have suffered discrimination in society. And they had barricaded, actually, this building so well. They really gave the best that they could that was pretty awesome how they just kept the police out and they did a really good job at holding the police back yeah so these women they have been in this squat for 30 years i'm still a little bit unclear about whether or not they were paying rent if they were just squatting i was talking to a friend of mine this morning who has actually been inside there she's a musician She's actually played there and she was telling me how they have like a club and a little bit like of an ecosystem going on in the inside. And they have all these rules that say like, you're not allowed to be racist, you're not allowed to be sexist, you're not allowed to be homophobic, so on and so forth. And they even encourage you if something happens within their world, I'm going to say their microcosm that makes you feel uncomfortable, you're like supposed to go to the bar and tell them and they'll take care of it. And it just seemed like, you know, it's in Friedrichshain, which is a neighborhood that's known for being kind of alternative. And like alternative in, I think that, you know, with the IFD nowadays, when you say alternative, people automatically assume you're kind of talking about a right-wing thing. But they're very, you know, a leftist accepting community. And Friedrichshain is sort of known for being this leftist alternative community. And those of you who aren't in Berlin, but if you go to Friedrichshain, you can just see the clear hints of gentrification all throughout the neighborhood and how it's changing. And I guess that Lieblich 34 was one of the last strongholds. I don't know if that's the correct term yeah, to use. Yeah, I mean, there are, if you go to Friedrichshain, actually, there are quite a few anarchist houses, though, and you can tell that by the black flags that are waving, you know, on top of houses. Obviously, like everywhere in the world, in Berlin especially, there are the anarchists that have circled A's everywhere, too. But there are quite a few left. I remember when I first came to Berlin, which was 10 years ago, a big squat on Brunnenstraße was shut down. Tackless went, which was a big artist collective. The trend is that they are really shutting down. There's one just round the corner here from where I live on Castagne de Allée 77, which is super organized. So each house has a different way of organizing itself. And that's the concept of anarchy, I guess, that people live in self-governed, self-defined communities 
that are respectful. Everyone thinks anarchy is just chaos and there's no way of organization, but it's actually very organized. It's just from the bottom up rather than in hierarchical structures. And that's the basic belief of anarchy. Yeah, I think that anarchy is very misunderstood. I don't want to say intentionally misunderstood, but I think that it's in order to like sort of maintain the status quo and maintain the world that we have, they had to brand anarchy something negative, basically just like society does with anything, right? What they did with communism. Yeah, but what's really particular about anarchy is they don't believe in any hierarchical structures. So every single hierarchical, I think we were watching this Noam Chomsky talk where he talks about the Spanish Civil War mm-hmm. and its anarcho-syndicism. And basically the anarchists came in and the communists, the fascists, everyone else was against them. So they got rid of them first because they're threatening to every single power structure that there is. Right. But they believe in direct democracy and ways of organizing that is sort of based on community exchange and things Mm -hmm. like this so i guess by definition you know any media any anything in this hierarchical structure which is basically everything would be against the anarchists yeah i mean i guess it should be noted that they're against oppressive hierarchies yes the hierarchy between like mother and children you know what I mean? Like the mom looking after yes, the kid. Yes, of course. That's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I just feel like that needs to fit. Actually, in that Noam Chomsky, we'll link it in our show notes and you should go. all go watch it because, you know, Noam. But he quotes the famous German anarchist Rudolf Rocker, and I'll present the quote in English, who defined anarchy as, Anarchism seeks to free labor from economic exploitation and to free society from ecclesiastical or political guardianship, and by doing that, opening a way to an alliance of free groups of men and women based on cooperative labor and a planned administration of things in the interest of the community. Exactly. And so sometimes you do find anarchist groups who are also supportive of state initiatives, Mm -hmm. as long as those state initiatives are in favor of community sort of support. So anarchism is a really wide term. You get anarcho-feminism, you get you even get a religious anarchism. So the thing about ecclesiastical hierarchy, they don't mind you being religious because that's obviously, you know, your own choice, your own beliefs, but they oppose that somebody, you know, like the Pope or whatever is in charge of your religious and spiritual practice or is higher than you in this aspect of your life. But talking about misunderstandings, (laughs) (laughs) because for me from London, obviously, when I think of anarchy, I always think of the Sex Pistols and punk rock and all that kind of stuff. And people were just horrified that these punks would take over and there would be chaos and noise and just disgustingness everywhere. There's a really great quote about anarchism where Johnny Rotten, who came up with the phrase, I am an antichrist, I am an anarchist, he's quoted in a documentary called The Filth and the Fury, saying that he only brought up anarchy because he couldn't find a damn thing to rhyme with antichrist. And he later also said that he'd never been anarchist at all. But by then, obviously, the damage had already been done. So my whole concept of anarchy is based on 
some musician trying to make something rhyme, <laughs> which is wrong. Well, it's a little funny, isn't it? Because, yeah, until very, very recently, I very closely associated anarchy with the Sex Pistols. But also, furthermore, with this idea of chaos and no rules, and I actually have some, some quotes here. This is one from Mark Bray. He's a lecturer at Dartmouth College, and he's the author of Antifa, the Anti-Fascist Handbook. And he says that, for him, I would define anarchism as a non-hierarchical, non-electorial, direct action-oriented form of revolutionary socialism. So all these, I don't know, I just feel like, yeah, anarchy has been intentionally misunderstood because it would upset the status quo, because I guess, by definition, anarchy is anti-capitalist. Yeah, anti-police. Definitely anti-police, yeah. And anti-fascist. And now, at this point in history, after corona and late capitalism, it's quite interesting to look at this again, because capitalism has been taken to its extreme, and people have lost their individual freedom and dignity again in this talk by Chomsky. He says about how the whole education system, for example, all human beings are working in the service of our economic model, and we've all just become slaves. And so anarchism is about letting human beings live in their full diversity mm -hmm. and develop with full freedom, which is a beautiful definition. And when I read that, I was like, oh, I finally found <laughs> what I actually am politically. Everyone should be able to do that. It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm an anarchist. Yeah. yeah. I was also super curious about the word anarchy itself. Where does it come from? So the word anarchy stems from the ancient Greek word anakos, which means without ruler, but it didn't fully bloom as a political philosophy in Europe and the United States until the 19th century. So at this time, communist thinker Karl Marx's writing had become very popular, and the Paris Commune, a brief period in 1871 when Paris was controlled by anarchists and communists, they sort of helped spread the message of anarchism further, and they inspired more young radical thinkers to take up cause, sometimes violence, and they sort of embraced the philosophy of propaganda by deed. And so by the 20th century, anarchism had spread throughout the world, but the government tried to repress it, and so it made it sort of very hard for it to fully blossom and spread. And I think that just since then, it's sort of been... Because I, I don't think that there's any political system other than like potentially communism, which would make sense because they were very closely linked right at the beginning. Mm. I have a lot of strong feelings on communism because I feel like communism has been completely misunderstood. We, the Soviet Union, North Korea, China, Cuba, none of these countries are communists. None of these are actually communists. These are totalitarian yeah. dictatorships. But anarchy kind of threatens... It's in no one's interest except for, you know, like, the proletariat. I mean, there is anarcho-communism, but what the anarchists are actually protesting against is the actual communist governments that exist. And every single one that exists is terrible for the people. Yeah. So they're not going on some idealized version of democracy or, what, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're going on whatever exists right now and real, which is why... They are distinguished from communism, and also communism is more of a top-down system. It never got to that point where, right? Well, yeah, the people would. The thing is, is that sorry. Here's my Russian history nerd coming out. That when the Russian Revolution happened, first of all, Russian Revolution was started by women. I feel like this has never started. It was the female factory workers who went on strike first, and then only once they weren't attacked 
did the men join them on the second day? And this is very conveniently forgotten when they talk about because Russia's had two revolutions, right? The women went on strike and the like factory workers. First of all, women started the Russian Revolution, right? Lenin was not in Russia at the time of the revolution. So the Bolsheviks, because there were at the time there were the Mensheviks and the Bolsheviks, and the Bolsheviks ended up winning the power struggle. And the Bolsheviks sort of took control. They like manufactured a revolution. And this is the reason why it could never have worked. Because for communism to work, the proletariat has to be so fed up that they take control. But that's not ever what's ever happened. There has never been a true proletariat revolution against the bourgeoisie. It's been manufactured. So the first the first version of the revolution was an actual like workers' revolution. They formed a provisional government, which then sort of basically saw a bunch of the old czar people still back in power and then the Bolsheviks were like we're gonna use this to start another revolution and then Lenin came into power and then he was in power for like a hot second he died Trotsky was too much of a pure communist to ever seize power so Stalin came into power because he was also really smart and started worming his way in there from really on the beginning and then he just spent years trying to have Trotsky killed and Trotsky could literally not shut up like Trotsky believed in this so much he kept moving around and would just be like, I fucking hate Stalin and he's ruining the country. And Stalin kept sending people to kill him. And eventually he was killed. He was living on Diego Rivera with Frida Carlo, and he was killed by assassins with an ice pick. But I think there are communities traditionally who do work in these self-organizing systems anyway. You mm-hmm. know, in Latin America, everywhere, there are whole communities which right. are working basically on what we would term anarchist ways. Everyone is working together on agreed upon rules in a sort of system of mutual exchange and cooperation. Yeah. Well, I guess this is kind of why communism and anarchy splits, right? Because communism is sort of this idea that the world is to be understood as a power struggle between the haves and the have-nots. Yeah, the other difference with communism is also that communism, the entire thing, as Marx conceived it, is that it's primarily an economic solution and it just looks at economics really whereas anarchism is a lot more holistic it's sort of interesting because Karl marx wrote the communist manifesto in 1848 i believe so this guy called pierre joseph coudin i'm sorry france and he actually wrote a book called what is property in 1840 so like the OG anarchist manifesto, it wasn't really a manifesto, but it's sort of where a lot of the ideology in anarchist communities still used today stems from, predates Marx. And for example, the quote, property is theft, which is still heavily quoted in anarchist societies, stems from that book. The other anarchist quote I love is, no god, no master. That's pretty great. Yeah. What is it originally in French? It's Ni Dieu ni Martre. A couple years ago, I was in Linz, Austria, and I saw someone had written Kein Gott, Kein Staat, Kein Patriot, which means no God, no state, no patriarchy. And I was like, fair. Who wrote this? But often what gets lost in these discussions, let's go back to the house, is the people that have actually lost their homes. There were 34 mm-hmm. women, queer, non-binary, trans people living in this house. I had a look at their website and they have a little thing saying workshops. If you want to do a workshop or host something here, just let us know and you can come by and use this little space that we have. So it was a real community which has just been totally destroyed. So you just got a bit lost on this site and also some of the women who live there have expressed their thoughts on this site called Cozy Cold Kitchen Talks. And somebody's written a poem. 
And it's, I'm sitting here now, caught between giving up and fighting, between letting go and holding on. A house that still stands here, a house I've often cursed and hated, short flashes of thought that it would be better if it were over and it can no longer exist. A house in which I felt deep friendship. I felt unbeatable, sluts against the rest of the world, because inside the walls, nobody could bother us. A house where I've fallen deeply in love, and still everything is charged with this memory. The future is queer standard above my bed. It fit there well while we were fucking before, because our present was already queer. When I look into my old room now, I think rather the future is destroyed, at least my future in this house. I fled, anxious, from repression, because it works very well, they're threatening. The pain is here, first frozen, now it slowly melts away, while I'm beginning to understand what's happening. And there are a few of these testimonials. I mean, one person says, the only feeling that I have is emptiness mixed with anger, but not that type of anger which is leading into much action. It's more this type which makes me frozen. I am prepared for the eviction, I am prepared that the home I've loved most will be destroyed by the executives of the state and then turned into luxury apartments by a capitalist asshole because he has still not enough money and not enough power. Really, really, really feel bad for them. I would, I, they could all come live with me. Yeah, I mean, that's... I have no room. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I... that's, that's people's lives, though. And it's also the most marginalized and disadvantaged in society. And obviously with anarchism, there's a whole broad range of different people, different households. Like I said, they all organize themselves differently. But this one, it seems like a real shame. The fact that they were evicted to make room. I mean, if this poem is to, you know, believed they were evicted to make room for luxury condos, it kind of just shows you the failing of the state because, yeah, they are the most vulnerable in our society. And aren't we supposed to look out for them? What is the point of having a state if we don't look out for each other? Isn't that why we created societies and culture, you know, to look out for one another? I love that Noam Chomsky quoted Shelley in his, Percy Bysshe Shelley, in his speech, and how until this day, anarchists will quote Shelley. And I love Mary Shelley. That's it. There was nowhere I thought. I just wanted to bring up Percy Bysshe Shelley. <laughs> yeah, but and I think Byron. he was a bit of a dick to her. I think he was a massive dick to her, Yeah. Well, this is a completely different topic. I think that, that they were all dicks. Yeah, all those Byron men. was a dick to her. Godwin, William Godwin and William Blake, who are sort of considered the founding fathers of British anarchism. The poet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not because not because they themselves were anarchists, but because they expressed some anarchist ideas within their story. So they sort of, you know, as we were saying before, the first recognition of the term anarchy was in 1840, but or usage of not recognition. But they sort of expressed, you know, along with Percy Bysshe Shelley, some anarchist ideas that were sort of later used and inspired. And Propokin said about Godwin that he was the first theorist of a stateless socialism that is anarchy. And on that note, here are our three things for this week that you can do to be a better person. Number one. We recommend that you read up more about anarchy and the history of anarchy. There's a really great shop. It's called M99. It's on Falkensteinstraße 46 in Kreuzberg. The name of the shop is basically all of your needs for a revolution. It's run by Hans-George Lindenau, who 
is an anarchist. There's a lot of reading material in there. He's also been there for 30 years and they are trying to also evict him and the police raid the property regularly to see if there are any illegal things in there. There are not. So he's still there. And if you want to read up on anarchy, we suggest you go visit that shop. Thing two, when going shopping, whether for groceries or just new clothes or goods, Try to shop local. Try to see if there are any stores in your neighborhood that have been there for a while. And just try to avoid big conglomerate companies that are, you know, sucking up all retail space and just ruining the world with their capitalism. And number three, there are a lot of organizations cropping up, especially I know in Berlin there are a lot, but there must be everywhere in the world where, you know, you can go and get involved in the collective. So in Berlin, we have collective farming, gardening, somebody setting up actually a collective supermarkets here there are also artist collectives and feminist communities queer communities which are self-organizing and promote free more democratic development of people so looking to those get involved in those and have fun thank you so much for listening until next time if you like this podcast please subscribe and share it with your friends and if you like you can share your internet obsession with us. Tweet us and follow us on Instagram at the underscore misinformed or email us at misinformed.podcast at gmail.com. You can also subscribe to our newsletter. Find the link via our Instagram or our show notes. We are an independent nonprofit podcast. If you would like to show us some love, you can give a one-off donation via SoundCloud or become a patron on patreon.com slash misinformed. Thanks for listening and until next week.